go ahead and be seated. Praise the Lord. Good to see everybody this December the 11th. Praise God. Don't you love this time of year? I know I do. Christmas time is one of my favorite times of the year. But I do understand that sometimes the busyness of the holidays and all that needs to be done. And sometimes maybe, uh, you know, you've been disappointed in life or there's been a death of a loved one this past year or different things have happened, a broken relationship. And you may not feel the Christmas spirit, as they say. It may not be like, you know, just overflowing from the inside of you. And as I was praying about what to share today, uh, I got this title, Keeping the Ha Ha Hallelujah in the Holidays. And sometimes we lose our ha-ha, and we don't feel like rejoicing in the Lord. We don't feel like being merry and bright. But you know what? It is the time of year when we are to rejoice. The word hallelujah is used in a lot of different uh, uh, seasons, a lot of different uh, Places, You know, sometimes people go to a sporting event and their favorite team makes a touchdown and people jump up and say hallelujah. Probably not at the Raiders over there in that dark dungeon area. They might not be saying hallelujah. But at some places people might give each other a high five and say hallelujah if somebody makes a touchdown. Or maybe, you know, your your kids have been struggling in school and they finally get a good grade on their report card. And people say Hallelujah! You know, or, or perhaps you're, you're watching a, a movie and your favorite actor does something awesome and you're like, Hallelujah! And those times saying Hallelujah, that's okay, that's fine. But in reality, the word Hallelujah means praise the Lord. And when we say this, we ought to realize He's the one that deserves our praise. He's the one that should get our greatest passion in life. God shouldn't be getting our leftovers. He ought to get our true hallelujah. Can we all practice together? Can you just raise your hands? I know it's not hard. Raise your hands and say hallelujah. Oh, that was good. Do it again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the king of kings. And the Lord of Lords. This scripture over in Revelation chapter 19 verse 1 out of the Amplified. It says this. After this, I heard what sounded like a mighty shout of a crowd in heaven. Exclaiming. Say it with me. Hallelujah. Read the rest with me. Praise the Lord. Salvation and glory. Splendor. And majesty and power, dominion and authority belong to who? Our God. Praise his name. Praising him will help us keep focused on what Christmas is really about. Christmas is the celebration of the birth of our Lord and Savior. Let's say it together again. Hallelujah. 
he deserves the glory and the honor. So when I was thinking about this, how to keep the hallelujahs in our holidays, just got some real practical, maybe seem real simple to you, some tips on keeping the hallelujah in our holidays. The first one that came up in my heart is we must take time to feed our spirit man. It seems like when we get busy with all the activities of the season, the first thing to go is our time in the word of God. We are experts at feeding our body. And particularly this time of year, probably not always the right choices. I'm not normally a huge uh, sweet fan. Fan, you know, I, I actually like carbs better than, than sugar. But it seems like this time of year, I start craving cookies and candy, fudge, pie, <laughs> hot chocolate. And you know, it seems like that your body all of a sudden wants to go on the elf diet. Do you know what the elf diet? How many other elf fans in here do I have? I love that moody, but movie, Buddy the Elf. And according to Buddy the Elf, the four food groups for the elf diet, anybody know what they are? Candy, candy corn, candy canes, and syrup. Well, that's not a legitimate diet. But sometimes when we start seeing all the sweets in front of us, our body is going sugar, sugar. Give me more sugar. And we can go into our kitchen and we can say, man, I am craving something. So we open the refrigerator, anything sweet in there, we take it and we eat it. You know, pastor loves syrup. He doesn't live on the elf diet, but sometimes he'll even, I'm like, what? You're putting syrup on that? But he puts syrup on his ice cream or whatever. So you go to the refrigerator and you're getting anything sweet. You open the cupboard, open up all of the cookies and all of the chips. And then you're like, I'm still hungry. There's this little scratching on the inside. And it's not from indigestion, from eating all the junk food. It's your spirit saying, feed me, feed me. I'm starving down here. Feed me. If you want to keep from getting the holiday blues Take time to read the good news, the word of God. There's nothing that will satisfy us like the word of God. Can I get an amen? Amen. I know it's the nine o'clock crowd, but you guys look good today. Everybody looks awake. Looks like you've had your caffeine. You've had your cookies, your sugar, whatever it took for you to get up and get here today. So we like participation. Psalms 19 says this, verse 7. And this is in the NLT translation. The instructions of the Lord are perfect. Reviving, isn't that a good term? Reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. The next verse, the commandments of the Lord are right. Bringing joy, if I say joy, joy to the heart. What's the commandments of the Lord? It's his word. The word will bring joy to our heart. 
The commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Verse 9, reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. Then lastly, verse 10, they are more desirable than gold, even finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. Did you catch that? Says the instruction of the Lord will revive us. You ever been tempted to be unrevived? The word of God will revive us and strengthen us. And it says his commandments will bring joy to our heart. And then it said his word is sweeter than honey or the drippings of the honeycomb. The word of God is yummy. The word of God will satisfy those cravings on the inside of us that no natural food can ever satisfy. The prophet Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 15, 16, he said, your words were found and I did eat them. And your word was to me, say it with me, joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. So if you want to stay happy for the rest of your life, stay happy during the holidays, feast on the manna from heaven. Take time to eat the word of God. And as you begin to feed on the word of God, you're going to see Who you are in Christ Jesus. You're going to see in the word of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You're going to find out it's not by might. It's not by power. But it's by his spirit. Hallelujah. I can do what I need to do this holiday season. I'm going to do it in the strength of the Lord. Because I'm going to nourish My inner man. And that's where true strength comes from. Now let me give you a practical tip for keeping the hallelujahs in the holidays. Don't have unrealistic expectations. So many people get disappointed this time of year. Let me just say it loud and bold for y'all to hear. Your holiday is probably not going to be picture perfect. And why is that? Guess what? You're not perfect. Your kids aren't perfect. Your family's not perfect. Your mate's not perfect. And don't say amen right now. They're probably not going to get you the greatest gift you thought you ever wanted. But guess what? No matter how hard you try to make everything wonderful and perfect for your families. I've been there, done that. And most of the time what happens is I get tired and I get cranky. And if mama ain't happy, nobody ain't happy. So quit trying to be the martyr and do everything and make everything perfect. 
You're probably going to burn some cookies. The turkey might be dry. You probably aren't going to buy everybody the perfect Christmas gift. I had a reality check one year. You know, our boys, we, they grew up here in the church. Good, good boys. And used to mama would go buy them little suits and sweaters and vests, you know, make them dress up like little preacher boys. And they were fine with that for quite a while. But then when they reached that pre-teenage years, and I remember it very distinctly, the year I bought them matching sweaters. And I knew things were changing. When they opened up these Christmas sweaters and started laughing hysterically. You think I'm going to wear that? You got to be kidding. So we're not always going to find that gift that everybody thinks is wonderful. But don't let it ruin your hallelujah moment. Sometimes in life we go after that hallmark moment for the holidays. I love the Hallmark Channel this time of year. Do I have any other people in here that watch all the Hallmark movies? Well, I'd have to say mostly ladies and Joe raise their hand. (laughs) He's a good husband. Because my husband will go, oh, those are so sappy. And he'll watch about two or three minutes and say, this is what's going to happen. I'm like, I know, I know. It's going to have a happy ending. Just let me cry. Let me be happy with these people. But we have to look at this stuff we're watching on TV and go, it's not real. Those people are actors. Every story is not going to have a happy ending. And I'm not trying to ruin your Christmas and be a ball, have the ball humbug spirit. But unrealistic expectations will set us up for disappointment. Love and appreciate your family for who they are. Be thankful for what you do have. And don't get grumpy and unthankful for what you don't have. If there's a cooking disaster or a gift that they think is hideous or your tree falls under the power, don't let it run your Christmas. Let it be a funny memory. Another memory that we have. And and the Lucases, their kids went to Fremont Christian as well. And there was a time when they did this fundraiser every year selling Christmas trees. So, you know, I wanted to support the local school because typically we go to the Christmas tree lot and we say, will you please put this in the stand for us? Cause we don't know how anyhow. So we bought the tree that year. We worked at work, getting it in the stand. And you know, I noticed it was leaning a little bit, but Hey, it's good. It's standing up. That's all that matters. <laughs> the kids were little, particularly James. And he was always the one that helped me more with decorating the tree. Pastor and John were good observers. Need more decorations over there. Yeah, you need, yeah, there's a hole over there, but you know, they instructed from afar. But anyhow, so James is helping me. He wasn't very big. So all the heavy ornaments are right in the front in this one little spot where he wanted them at his eye level. Saturday night, we go to bed about two o'clock in the morning, crash, this big old boom. 
the tree fell under the power. I mean, bad, big mess. Broke a lot of ornaments, all of that. Of course, I was distressed. I was distraught. Hey, we just propped it up the best we could. I think I got a string and nailed it to the wall. <laughs> do what you got to do. But you know what? Something that I thought was a horrible disaster turned out to be one of the funniest Christmas memories in our household. Our boys never talk about the beautiful trees that I got flocked and all of the perfect decorations on them. The tree they remember is the one that fell under the power. So don't let something that may not seem perfect steal your Christmas joy. Keep the true joy and the ha-ha of the holidays alive in your heart. Proverbs 17.22 says this in the New King James. It says, a merry heart does good like a medicine. It's good to ha-ha-ha. It's good to laugh. One translation says, a rejoicing heart doeth good to the body. So look for ways to get joy stirred up in this holiday season. If you have to rent old movies that make you laugh, do it. Laughter is medicinal. Joy produces strength. Doesn't the Bible say the joy of the Lord is our strength. So if you're tempted to get a little tired, stir up the joy on the inside of you. How do we stir the joy up? Well, I'm glad that you asked. Did anybody ask? Anybody want to know? Well, this is the third way to keep the hallelujahs in your holidays. And that is to pray in the Holy Ghost. I told you these are simple truths, but we can let these things slip when we start getting so busy and distracted. If you aren't filled with the Holy Ghost, you can be today. If you've not, other than being saved and receiving the gift of salvation, being filled with the Holy Ghost is the greatest gift that Jesus gives to the church, other than salvation. And the only criteria for receiving this outstanding gift from on high is that we must be born again. There are so many benefits to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't have time to go into all of those today. You can probably go online under some archived messages, go over to the bookstore, read about being filled with the Holy Ghost if you aren't yet. And ask the Lord to give you insight and to give you a hunger and to give you a revelation of why you should be filled. It's awesome. What a gift. How awesome is it? But one of the benefits of being filled with the Holy Spirit is when we pray in other tongues, it will keep that joy level stirred up. Acts thirteen fifty two, just a short little verse. But it says this of the disciples. And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. That tells me when we take time to pray in our heavenly language, we're getting the joy level stirred up on the inside of us. How many of you could use a dose of joy? Well, get filled 
or stay filled with the Holy Ghost. If you start sensing this thing of, oh, I can't handle another Christmas carol. Or if I see another one of those Salvation Army guys ringing the bell, I'm just going to ring his bell. (laughs) You might need to take a drink. What kind of a drink? A drink of the Holy Ghost. Be being filled. It says over in Ephesians chapter 5. Be being filled with the Spirit. Drink in of the Holy Ghost. Another wonderful benefit of being being filled with the Holy Ghost is there is a refreshing. How many of you could use a refreshing? Listen to this verse. Isaiah 28. Verse 11 and 12. For with stammering lips, this is the prophet prophesying about the day when God's people, the believers, would have this awesome opportunity to be filled with the Holy Ghost and to speak in other tongues as described in Acts chapter 2. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, this is The rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear. That's not us. We're hearing, right? We're hearing the word. We're receiving the word. And we're going to speak in other tongues. And we're going to receive that rest that only comes from his presence and that refreshing that comes from praying in the Holy Spirit. You might not be able to jump on a plane and fly to Hawaii every time you feel like you need a vacation. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Every time you feel like you're a little bit weary. Oh boy, I've had a tough week. Let's head to Hawaii. Well, you know, that'd be great. But what none of us in here can do that every other day. Or every week or even every month. But we can go to that place in his presence where we can get refreshed. Where we can get revived. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 3 verse 19. It says in the Amplified that this times of refreshing, recovery from the effects of heat will come from the presence of the Lord. It's not just about presence under the tree. It's about having his presence in and on us. How many of you want his presence? Hallelujah. And get filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what else? Being filled with the Holy Ghost, it'll keep you built up, renewed, strong on the inside. It will even help keep you In the love of God. Jude has one chapter in it. But Jude verse 20 and verse 21 in the New King James says this. But you beloved building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? Praying in the Holy Spirit. 
How are we going to keep strong on the inside? How are we going to keep from getting just completely worn out? We're going to stay strong in here. What's going on in here affects what happens out here. What's going on in here affects what comes out of here. Doesn't the Bible say out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. This is my translation. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaketh. So whatever you're putting in here, it's going to leak out. But when we pray in the Holy Ghost, guess what? Your spirit, man, wins. The stronger one is in charge. Build ourselves up on our most holy faith. Praying in. The Holy Ghost. And then the next verse, verse 21 says, keep yourselves in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Anybody got any relatives that push the wrong button? Every time you get together. Round the table at Thanksgiving, around the table at Christmas. They just, oh, they always know which button to push and try to get you riled up. Everybody has those kind of people in their life. Maybe it's not a relative. Maybe it's somebody at work. Praying in the Holy Ghost will help you not lose your ha-ha. It'll help you stay in the love of God. When they're doing this and they're saying that under your breath. I mean, you can't just stand up probably at work or at the Christmas table and go, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. That's probably not going to be a blessing, but you can under your breath go, and they see your lips moving. Did you say something? Oh no, I'm not talking to you. Keeping yourself in the love of God. And then the last tip for keeping the hallelujahs in your holidays. Find ways to be a blessing. We're in this emphasis, the joy of generosity. I love that because that is the true meaning of Christmas. Christmas is about the greatest gift ever given. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. I was just laying on my bed yesterday. And most of the time, you know, I praise the Lord, I worship the Lord, but I don't get too weepy. But I was just laying there meditating on that verse. Unto us, a child is born, a son is given. Jesus, you came. Jesus, you gave your all for me. And the government will be upon his shoulder. So much going on in our nation right now. But I'm thankful that I know the one. Who really is in charge. I know the one who I can call on. I go to the rock. 
that is higher than I. I'm not looking to man. I'm not looking to the Democrats. I'm not looking to the Republicans. I'm looking to him. Glory. And his name will be called, say these words with me, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Glory be to God. What a gift. God gave us heaven's best. Can we give him any less? There is nothing like tapping in to the heart of the Father. For God so loved the world. He gave. That's the heart. When you get born again, you have that same kind of heart. Pastor's been emphasizing this verse, and I want to read it again. Proverbs eleven, twenty-five: The generous soul shall be made rich, and he who waters will also be watered himself. In the message, it says, The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed, and those who help others are helped. Isn't that good? Those who bless others are abundantly blessed. Those who help others will be helped. And when I saw this verse yesterday where it says the generous soul shall be made rich. I started thinking about that word rich. We always equate it with money. But folks, it's not just about money. Rich literally means this, having more than enough. Having an abundant supply. And again, as I was laying on my bed, it was pouring down rain. I opened the blinds. I was looking out. It was just a wonderful moment with me and the Lord. And I was started thinking about what does it mean to be rich? And I was immediately reminded of my childhood. When I think about my childhood, I don't think about money. It wasn't about that. I think about the spiritual heritage. The love that was demonstrated and displayed in my home. And I know some of you didn't grow up like that. And I'm not, you know, that Pierce saying my life was wonderful. Of course we had challenges. There was lots of difficulty in my life. Both of my parents died young. You know, that's a, that's a tough thing. But we didn't have a lot of possessions, but we were rich. And I started looking back on the Christmases as a child. I do not remember gifts that I did or didn't get. And your kids won't either. It's kind of discouraging when you buy this great big wonderful toy and they want to play with the box. (laughs) It's not about what's under the tree. It's about what's in your heart and the spirit of being generous. I remember it like it was yesterday. And you know, both of my parents have been in heaven for many, many years. But the impact and the influence of their life still touches my heart today. And that's why I get weepy. My mother was very sick and... December of 1975, she died January 5th, 1976. 
But even in that last Christmas with my mom, my dad took time, go out, cut down trees. We had 160 acres. He went out, cut down trees, chopped up wood, filled his pickup truck with wood, went around the farm and found we had cedar trees. They weren't really that beautiful, but they'll do. Filled up his pickup truck with tree, cut down wood, cedar trees, and delivered them to people that he knew were shut-ins. And I went with him. And I still remember the look on those people's faces. My family was in crisis, but he reached out with a generous heart to our neighbors, and it did something. I'd seen that every year from the time I was a little girl. He did that. And my mom, she was more quiet and sweet. I got the sweet part. What can I say? (laughs) Her gifts came from her kitchen. She was known for the pies and the cakes, especially her fudge, her chocolate chip cookies, and I've got her recipe. Every year. Every year. It was like a production in our little farmhouse kitchen. Boxing up these goodies, taking them to people that she knew didn't have much. And again, seeing their faces. It does something to your heart as a kid when you see that spirit of generosity. Their attitude was always, we don't have an abundance, but such as we have, we're going to share. They did not wait until everything was perfect in our lives. They didn't wait until there was an abundance and an overflow. They gave what they could give. Cutting down wood didn't cost money, but it cost a lot of time. Baking goods, you know, back then sugar, flour maybe didn't cost that much, but it cost a lot of time. And energy, but it was a true gift. And yesterday, I was just so blessed. Because we did our best to instill that into our boys' lives. Again, our family's not perfect. You know, we've had challenges in our personal life with our son. But yesterday, on Saturday, I like to talk to my boys. So, called James. He didn't answer. A little bit later, I get a text, and he says, Mom, I can't talk right now. Esther and I are out Christmas caroling with the youth. My heart was just touched. Same thing with John. Text John and Lindy said, you know, hey, give us a call. A few minutes later, I get a text from Lindy. Hey, Mom, we can't talk right now. We're volunteering at a Christmas party for homeless moms and their kids. And then she sends me a picture of John up in front playing the guitar and Livy with a mic singing Christmas carols. And my heart said, 
they got it. They got the true meaning of Christmas. It's about giving. It's about sharing what we do have. The love of Jesus. And I understand some people. I know situations that people are going through here in the church. And some people may say, I can't give to the needy because I am needy. I do understand that. But everybody can give something. You can give love. You can give prayer. You can give service. You can maybe give a dollar. Whatever you've got, give. And give to him cheerfully. And it will help you keep the ha-ha, hallelujah, in your holidays. Because there's nothing about tapping into the joy of generosity. There's nothing like it. Parents, grandparents, I want to encourage you. Seize this opportunity to instill it into your children and into their grandchildren. Maybe have your little kids make a toy. or, or John's been doing this for years with Olivia. We're going to buy another present for a kid in need. Or you're going to give one of your gifts away. It's an awesome thing when your kids can grasp the heart of generosity. Amen. Amen. Well, that's what I have for today. Let's all stand.